0: So let's first look at Abraham and Sarah's lives as those waiting in faith. And we're going to look at verses 8 to 12. Uh, Abraham occupies an important place in Jewish tradition. And in the scriptures, he's often referred to by the Jews as our father, Abraham. But in the New Testament, Abraham is presented as the father of all who have faith. So in verses 8 to 12, we're going to see Abraham and Sarah's faith illustrated in five different aspects of waiting in faith. So first of all, Abraham's waiting faith was responsive faith. The first part of verse 8 says, By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would afterwards receive as an inheritance. Now, you kind of have to look at Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12 to get the full picture. Uh, In Genesis chapter 11, uh, we see that uh, Abraham and his father Terah lived in Ur of the Chaldeans. And then Terah took Abraham and Lot and their families and they went out from Ur to the land of towards the land of Canaan. But then when they got to Haran they dwelt there. And then in Genesis 12 it says now the Lord had said to Abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Notice that when God told Abraham to leave his country, his response was immediate. You know, he didn't say, well, Lord, you know, I need a few days to talk this over with my wife and see what she thinks, and, and then maybe we'll go. Or he didn't ask for a three-day change-your-mind option. You know, Abraham simply stepped out in faith and obeyed. And his obedience demonstrated his unwavering confidence in God. He took God at his word, and by his obedience, we can determine that for Abraham, God's word had his importance, authority, power, and complete reliability. And we need to ask ourselves when God asks something of us, how quickly do we respond? Do we consider God's word as important, authoritative, powerful, and reliable? Or do we allow doubt and fear to hinder our obedience? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalm 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. Psalm 1620 says, He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. And remember, at this point, Abraham only had God's promise of an inheritance. Yet his response was immediate because he believed God's word. Secondly, Abraham's waiting faith was sacrificial faith. The second part of verse 8 says, And he went out not knowing where he was going. So not only was God asking Abraham to leave his home, his relatives, his country, all that was secure and prosperous and peaceful and comfortable. But God was also asking him to go out to a undisclosed location, you know, but God did promise to show him the way and God promised to make of Abraham a great nation and to make him a blessing. And so Abraham willingly went out despite all that he had to sacrifice And, you know, sacrificial faith is hard because it requires us to sacrifice something in the hope of attaining something better. Sometimes becoming a Christian and following after Jesus requires the sacrifice of separating from our family and friends. And sometimes it occurs in a very difficult and traumatic way. But asking Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior is the best decision we could ever make. And with that choice, there comes many blessings. For example, there comes new life in Christ, the forgiveness of all of our sins, full access to God 24-7, redemption from the eternal penalty that our sins deserve, restored fellowship with God, and the promise of eternal life with Jesus, just to mention a few. And as we are learning in our study this year, Jesus is so much better than anything this world has to offer. And we have learned over and over again that where God guides, he provides. Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 1-6 that he was confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, the moment we ask Jesus into our hearts to be our Lord and Savior, he began that good work in us, molding and shaping us into those godly women that he has called us to be. And he will complete that work, but it will take our entire lifetime. And it will take the sacrifice in faith of our will for his will, the sacrifice of our ways for his way, but the blessings so outweigh the sacrifice. Thirdly, Abraham's waiting faith was courageous faith. And the word courage means the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, and pain without fear. It is bravery. It took courage for Abraham to sojourn out to a place he didn't know and to live among strangers. And remember, all that he had at this point was God's promise to make him a great nation and a blessing. Yet God's word was sufficient for him in a time of uncertainty, difficulty, and danger. And the same courage is expected of us as well because we're exhorted to walk by faith and not by sight, in 2 Corinthians 5-7. And to walk is a metaphor which refers to the way a person conducts her life. So to walk by faith and not by sight means that, as Christians, we may come up against circumstances that are uncertain or difficult or dangerous, but we are not to fear but we're to be courageous in faith, knowing that where God guides, he provides. Believing that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us, as it says in Hebrews 13:5; Believing that the Lord is our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 18:2 And that God's thoughts towards us are for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope Jeremiah 29:11 So believing these things and all that is revealed in the scriptures about God enables us to conduct our life not looking to the world's ways which have no eternal significance but living with an eternal perspective fearing God more than man, obeying the Bible even when it conflicts with man's commands, choosing righteousness over sin no matter what the cost, trusting God in every circumstance, and believing that God rewards those who seek him regardless of who says otherwise. In times of uncertainty and difficulty and danger, we need to remember the words of Moses to the children of Israel before they were about to enter that promised land. He told them, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 31:24 says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Fourthly, Abraham and Sarah's waiting faith was persistent and dependent faith. Verses 9 and 10 says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So the promised land did not become Abraham's immediate possession. He possessed it only by promise, and the land was already inhabited by other people. But Abraham exercised persistent faith by confidently knowing that God would be true to his word. And in the meantime, Abraham lived as a sojourner in the land God promised. And a sojourner is one who resides temporarily in one place. You know, Abraham didn't build any cities. He didn't build any homes. They lived in tents, and they dwelt as they dwelt in the land as strangers. They lived and behaved differently from the people of the land, and they waited in faith. Looking forward to the eternal city of God, a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we, too, were to live as sojourners on this earth because this earth is not our final destination. It is not our home. We're just passing through, waiting for the day when our Lord will call us to our eternal destination and home with him in heaven. You know, many times our faith wavers because we have our eyes fixed on the earthly and temporal things instead of on our heavenly destination. As Christians, we're to remember to live and behave differently from non-believers, and to live our lives waiting in faith with persistence for the promises of God to be fulfilled. Paul said to the Philippians in Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter exhorted in 1 Peter 2:11 and 12, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, They may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And the writer of Hebrews here was also reminding those Hebrew Christians that were thinking of going back to Judaism to follow the example of Abraham by responding to the call of Christ in obedience, to recognize that they too were pilgrims and sojourners, and to get their eyes off of themselves and onto Jesus, onto their heavenly destination. Verses 11 and 12 say, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So here we see Abraham and Sarah's waiting faith as dependent faith in action. You know, Sarah was barren. And at this time, she was about 90 years of age, way past the time of childbearing. And Abraham was a hundred years old, and the word says he was as good as dead. Yet God promised them a son in Genesis chapter 18. And if you remember, Sarah laughed at first within herself at the possibility of her conceiving. But afterwards, she believed God's word because she judged him faithful who had promised. And God provided the strength that she needed to conceive And then Abraham and Sarah depended upon God's word to come true. And they believed in the reliability of God. And they grew to believe that God not only keeps his promises, but he also is able to work miracles. And from their son Isaac, millions of descendants were born, just as God had promised. And the Hebrew Christians that Paul was speaking to were not to rely on their own understanding, But they, too, were to have faith in the promises of God and to see themselves as part of this multitude promised to Abraham. And we, too, we need to have dependent faith on God. We need to believe that our God is reliable, that he keeps his promises, and that he can be a miracle worker if it is his will. In Genesis 18 14, the Lord asked Abraham, Is anything too hard for the Lord? And remember, this is a rhetorical question. The obvious answer is no. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And if we truly believe that this is true, then we too can wait for God to work in our lives through persistent and dependent faith. Psalm twenty seven, fourteen says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Isaiah forty thirty one says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Abraham and Sarah's lives exemplified what it meant to wait in faith. So this brings us to the second point in our study, the total commitment of the patriarchs in hopeful faith in verses 13 to 16. Now here, Paul is going to speak to the Hebrew Christians about the hopeful faith of the patriarchs. Verses 13 and 14 say these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So Paul here is saying that the patriarchs died in faith. They didn't receive the promise of the Messiah, but they saw those promises afar off. In other words, they were hopeful, and they believed that one day those promises would be fulfilled. And as a result of their hope, the patriarchs could be assured of the promises because God had already shown himself to be reliable and trustworthy in their lives. They could also embrace the promises because they knew that God says what he means and he means what he says. They knew personally that God was a God of truth who fulfills his promises. And as a result of their hopeful faith, They could live their lives on this earth as strangers and pilgrims, people just passing through, but not belonging to it, not having permanent residency in it. They saw themselves on a journey seeking a better homeland, a heavenly homeland. And what about us? Are we living with the hope of the rapture, which could occur at any time? Are we assured of the promises of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, that He will come back for us? That He is preparing a dwelling place for us? That we bo- who believe in Him as Messiah and Redeemer will receive eternal life? Are we living in this world as sojourners and pilgrims, realizing that this world is not our home? 2 Peter 3:13 and 14 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligently to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And then verses 15 and 16 say, And truly, if they had recalled to mind that country... From which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. So here Paul is saying that if the patriarchs had wanted to return to their place of origin, they could have. But they freely chose to stay. And they desired a better country, a heavenly country. And they maintained that uh, eternal perspective as they lived on this earth. And because of their hopeful faith in God's promises, he is not ashamed to be called their God. He's not ashamed to be identified with them. Finally, as a result of their hopeful faith in him, God had prepared a city for them. In John fourteen one to three, Jesus said to his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Also, the city of the new Jerusalem, which awaits all believers, is also described in Revelation chapter 21. And so there are three important things about hopeful faith that we need to remember. First, hopeful faith is based on God's revelation, not on presumptuousness, not self-confidence on our own strength or wisdom and not on our feelings second hopeful faith is evident evident by obedience to god's word and third hopeful faith is active manifesting good works as we look forward to its fulfillment the patriarchs had hopeful faith What about us? This brings us to the third point in our study. Abraham and his family's enduring faith in verses 17 to 22. Now, in these last verses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph will be used to illustrate the power of enduring faith, both in receiving God's promises and in anticipating them. But What is enduring faith? Well, to endure means to suffer something unpleasant, painful, or difficult with patience. So enduring faith is that type of faith which enables us to get through the difficulties in life patiently and with our focus on God's promises. Enduring faith helps us get through the times when illness comes When finances are limited, when we lose a loved one, when we are persecuted for our faith, and on and on, the list can go on. So let's first look at Abraham in verses 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac... Your seed shall be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So here, as an example of enduring faith, the writer to the Hebrews mentions Abraham, who was tested by God in Genesis chapter 22. And God asked Abraham to take his only son Isaac to the land of Moriah, And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which God determined. And this test that God gave Abraham was to prove Abraham's character and his steadfastness. And Abraham was obedient to the Lord's will, and he took Isaac on the three days journey to Mount Moriah, where he was willing to sacrifice his son to the Lord. And though this test must have been extremely difficult for Abraham to go through, Abraham must also have been confident as well that if God wanted him to really sacrifice Isaac, God was also able to raise Isaac up from the dead because God had promised Abraham in Genesis 21:12, saying, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So Isaac somehow had to live in order to accomplish this promise. And as we know, just when Abraham was about to slay his son, an angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham passed the test. He refused to put limits on either his obedience or God's power. His enduring faith in God got him through this difficult test. And it's so neat to know that this whole story about Abraham and Isaac is also a foreshadowing of the sacrifice that, God the father was going to do that. He would offer up his only begotten son for our sake for our sins It's a beautiful picture And we must remember like abraham whenever we are called to go through testings or trials That enduring faith entails four basic things First as we go through a trial we must remember how god worked in our past You know, we need to recall the previous times when God brought us through a trial or through a testing. You know, Abraham on his three-day journey may have remembered how the promise of Isaac was fulfilled in his old age and how God had intervened many times in his life. And we need to remember that if God proved faithful in the past, he will be faithful in our present because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, according to Hebrews 13.8. Second, we need to focus on doing his will in the present. And we can do this by doing two things. First, by not throwing away our confidence in Christ. In Hebrews 3.6, Paul exhorted us to hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. In Hebrews 4.16, we are told to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So as we continue to do God's will in the present, we need to go to Jesus for the strength and courage needed to endure the trial. And we need to be confident in God, in his power, in his love for us, and in his promises for us. Second, in focusing on doing God's will in the present, we need to persevere in obedience, especially when you're tempted to compromise under pressure. You know, I'm sure Abraham wanted so much to not go to Moriah. He probably wanted so much to just turn around and go back. But he remained obedient. Our Lord came to do the Father's will by enduring the cross And Satan in the wilderness, if you remember, tried to tempt Jesus not to obey. But Jesus resisted that compromise and steadfastly obeyed his father's will, even when it meant a horrible death. James 1, 2-4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The third basic thing we need to remember when going through trials is to look to God's promises for the future. Abraham probably remembered God's promises. In Isaac, your seed shall be called, and I will make you a great nation. And these promises enabled him to endure the trial knowing, again, that somehow Isaac would be alive to have this myriad of descendants. And as we go through trials, we need to keep an eternal perspective, remembering that this present affliction is just for a moment in comparison with the eternal joys that await us in heaven. Paul said in 2 Corinthians four sixteen and 17, Therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And the fourth thing we need to remember is to live by faith every day. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six says, also, as Pastor X always reminds us, the Christian life is not a hundred-yard dash. It's a marathon. Therefore, our faith is not a one-time action, but it's an ongoing, daily matter of trusting God's ways and trusting in his promises now and for our future. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Peter reminded the suffering Christians of their inheritance which was incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Abraham's faith in God endured and enabled him to trust the Lord and to be obedient even in the most difficult of circumstances. So let's finish up by looking at verses 20 to 22. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Now, in the ancient world, it was of the utmost importance to secure a parental blessing and receive the assurance of the future inheritance. And among the Israelites, the firstborn son was the one who normally received a double inheritance, and he was the one who would inherit his father's role as head of the family. And so in these verses, we see that the faith of Abraham was passed on to his sons and his grandsons and his great-grandsons. That parental blessing was passed on from generation to generation. And the blessing usually included three things, a blessing of inheritance, a blessing of authority, and a blessing of propagation or fruitfulness. Isaac, Passed the promises and blessings along to Jacob, which you can read about in Genesis chapter 27. And Jacob passed them on to his 12 sons in Genesis chapter 49. And in Genesis chapter 48, Jacob also blessed Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And these men were not perfect. They sometimes failed, but they were devoted to God and they trusted in his word as they endured the hardships of life. And the faith of Joseph, in particular, stands out. You know, after the way his family treated him and all the things that he went through, you know, it would have been enough to cause him to abandon his faith. But instead, his faith grew stronger. Even the ungodly influence of Egypt didn't have affect him or weaken his trust in god and confident that god would bring his people out from egypt joseph when he was dying told his brethren to be sure and carry his bones out with them and they did at the time of the exodus and we need to remember ladies that enduring hardships in our lives can make us bitter or better They can cause us to withdraw from God and be angry with him. Or they can draw us closer to him in steadfast and immovable and enduring faith. We choose how we will allow them to affect us. And so we need to constantly be in the word and in prayer and in fellowship with other believers so that our faith day by day will become stronger and stronger. And especially in those times of hardships, we need to reach out and ask for prayer uh, from our family and friends. Um, And just hang on. I know some of you are probably going through some difficulties right now, but just know that the Lord is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's there to strengthen you. Just trust in him, He will comfort you. The faith of the patriot patriarchs was strong, and they demonstrated their faith in God through waiting, hoping, and enduring. And we need to do the same.